Hello, and welcome to episode 202 of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Today's conversation, personal branding. Is it worth it? Let me throw down some introductions. We've got Nate Birch in the studio, SEO manager at MapArt Technologies. That's me. Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. Heidi ho And Paxton Gray, Director of Marketing Operations at 97th Floor. Hey, how's it going? And I am Jacob Perry, Digital Marketing Manager at Myriad Genetics. So before we really get jumping into this conversation, I want to introduce a guest that we have on the show today. It's John Doherty. He's a growth marketer and entrepreneur based out of San Francisco. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He founded the company Credo, getcredo.com. Uh, it exists to bring transparency to the consulting world and help businesses find the right consultant to grow their business. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you for having me. Prior to getting into the, the meat of the conversation, I want to enter into the segment tool of the week. Nathan has a tool that he'd like to highlight specifically for this show. Take it away, Nate. You bet. So one key part of the work that I do for MapR is a lot of keyword research and I have found that one of the best ways is to take one individual topic and expand it either through through keyword planner tool. But one tool that I have found very specifically that has helped a lot recently is it's called Hubalin. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but it's H U B A L L I N dot com. I, th- I, I think that's Hubalin. Hubalin. So no, I actually asked. I used to work with David Sotomayor, one of the founders of this at Distilled. And he said it's Hubelin. 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 Oh, I was right. So it's I, not I, I had to ask him about it. They're going to put that in their FAQs. <laughs> and very good. It's, and not, they should have. it's was, not Hugh Ballin. I, going into I, the about I wanted us. it to be Hugh Ballin for sure. Hugh Ballin. So, I mean, it's 10 bucks, And it has saved me countless hours every single month. So a lot of times you look for free tools. I'm telling you, 10 bucks is actually pretty worth it for this tool. So real quick, tell us again how you integrate it into your work. So... What I will do is, is take a piece of content that we've had success with, and then I will, I will take a couple of more long-tail keywords that are related to that one piece, throw it into, into Hubelin, and it will basically spit out a bunch of new, <laughs> new topic ideas. It's actually pretty good. I believe it's based off of uh, Google Suggest, or I'm, I'm not sure what exactly the inner workings are of the system, but the gist of it is... From uh, 10 to 15 keywords, I end up with the 1 to 2,000 different keyword ideas. That's awesome. Uh, where, where can people find it? That's dot com. Okay, great. <laughs> so go check it out. <laughs> That's okay, great. <laughs> All right, so um, that is the tool of the week. Let's jump into the conversation. Personal branding, is it worth it? Uh, there are a few ways that we can take this. This is Brandon's idea, so I'm about to hand it off to him. But just to kind of give it kind of a foundational element as far as what direction we may go, there has been discussion around whether or not you should do personal branding, like that should be your emphasis, or you should focus on branding for your company or business or product or campaign. Anyway, so Brandon, why don't you give us a little bit more color around the direction you'd like to go with personal branding? So I had the idea, you know, while we were brainstorming topic topic ideas, I was recently in a discussion on... Uh, inbound.org, someone posted, I forget who it was. The topic was, do you feel pressured to stay visible in our noisy industry? So uh, very much goes back to personal branding. And the big dilemma is uh, that that many marketers face uh, specifically is, well, do I focus on my clients or the job that I was hired to do? 
or should I spend more time uh, focusing on building my personal brand or that do they go hand in hand? I believe that they uh, can go hand in hand. And I, I don't think personal branding should ever be a focus. Uh, I suppose in different positions uh, that could change. You look at, for example, a guy like uh, Rand Fishkin, who's done an amazing job at building his own personal brand, which has only complemented uh, Maz's brand. And so they really go hand in hand. I think it's very easy when you're the founder of a company because you usually end up being the face. But I would imagine the average listener is maybe just, uh, you know, they're kind of working their way up to ladder. They're not a director uh, per se. They're just, you know, working or maybe they did just start. The, I mean, there's all sorts of directions we could go. I really would just like to open it up to you guys and see how much focus, well, A, is personal branding worth it? And if so, why and how should we go about building our personal brand? And I'd like to interject and maybe modify that slightly because I feel like this question, along with many of the other questions that we pose here on the show, the answer is usually always a combination of both, right? And that's a kind of a boring discussion. So I'd, I'd like to modify it and see if we can say what should be the primary focus. We We probably all agree that a combination of both, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but uh, a combination of both would be good, but what would you say would be the primary thing you should focus on building your brand or just doing the work that you were hired to do? I think it's a little bit even more layered than that because it depends on where you're at in an organization. Brandon had mentioned Rand Fishkin. He is the the founder of Moz. Yeah. And the question that popped into my head as soon as he mentioned that was, which brand is more known within the digital marketing industry. Is Rand's name more known than Moz, or is Moz more well-known than Rand? And Gary Vaynerchuk was another example where I know Gary Vaynerchuk and his personal brand way more than I know VaynerMedia. I, almost, I, I know almost nothing about VaynerMedia, but it comes yeah. down to the question, is his personal brand enough to drive the business of VaynerMedia? And I don't know. Yeah. That's so, specific to the CEO, but you yeah. know, for us lowly guys who are at the bottom of the food chain, uh, the question is harder. Like, yeah, I should probably focus more on my personal brand because I care less about the brand for the company I work for. Yeah, so I'm super pumped to have John here um, because I think he provides or will provide some pretty good insights from both sides. Uh, right now, he's running his own company. Um, and I don't know if we mentioned this at the top of the show, but um, he, he worked at Distilled at the pa in the past. Um, and but he's still been able to build such a strong personal brand without having been the CEO, and now he's the CEO. So I guess what are your initial totally. thoughts? Totally, I on think this? it's a really interesting discussion to have. And you know, as I've gone through my own career, kind of looked at the different, you know, the different levels that I that I've been at. You know, the, I think the the original question is a bit of a, a bit of a non sequitur that like the two they're they're not mutually exclusive. Where it's either do you get good at something or do you build your personal brand. You know, look at Rand Fishkin, right? Rand's a Rand's a great guy, but Moz was originally a consulting company, right? And Rand was doing a lot of consulting, right? He did he consulted with Yelp and uh, I believe Etsy and a bunch of other companies like that, and got really really good at his craft, honed his craft. Well, at the same time, you know, Rand he loves to blog, he loves to speak, right? And so the people that end up building their personal brands, Rand, Gary, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, Will Reynolds, another one in the digital marketing industry, you know, founder of Sierra Interactive. You know, these guys, they love, you know, to write, they love to speak, that sort of thing. But they're also really good at their craft and they're constantly honing their craft. You know, for me personally, when I was at Distilled, you know, my, my job was to was a consultant and I was consulting with clients. 
So if I wasn't doing that job, like I should have been fired, right? I wasn't fired, but if I if I wasn't doing my job, like they should have fired me if I was, you know, trying to basically use their platform to build my personal brand, right? So I guess that's kind of my my initial take on it that I don't think that they're mutually exclusive. However, I do think that building your own skill set is like you have to have that before you start building a personal brand because otherwise you're going to flame out real quick. But, you know, I'm, I also think that it can be very important to have your own personal brand depending on what your ultimate goals are. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. On one side, we keep using the exam- the unicorns in the industry, the Will right. Reynolds and the Gary Vaynerchuk, the Rand Fishkins, but there are people who people, most people don't know, right? The ones that have under 100,000 uh, followers on Twitter or whatever. And I think that that's the, the uh, well, first of all, the mass majority of people listening are folks who are, are you know, they're the I'm ones who- I'm willing to bet 100% of the people listening have <laughs> <laughs> Under a hundred thousand. But what's the advice to those people down at the bottom of the rungs who are, you know, people like us who aren't at that point where we're speaking at every engagement. We're not going everywhere. And, and, uh, I, I think it's the same concept as a word of mouth marketing. If you have a company that does a really good job, a lot of those companies don't even advertise. And I think it's very similar to where if you're trying to build a personal brand, if you do the work, you're going to have that internal network that is your brand. Your brand is the work that you have done, the results that you have produced. And if you do nothing else, for example, if, if I never become an executive level or, or, or CEO or CTO or CMO, I don't know if I care. And I think a lot of building your personal brand is what is your target. My target is to be able to work with fun, good companies that are doing innovative things, and I want to bring my craft and my problem solving into it. But isn't that build it? Is, isn't that, you know, hone your craft and, you know, your business is going to market itself? Isn't that basically the same thing as build it and they will come, which we all know we're marketers, it's complete crap. But yeah. I, in, in a way, yes. But in the other way, the people that I work with, my coworkers, understand the type of work that I do. I consider sure. that my internal network. And as far as I'm concerned, I can keep a pretty good job by maintaining that internal network and doing absolutely zero personal branding. People that know that I can solve a problem for them will come to me repeatedly Definitely. with that same problem. Definitely. So actually, that opens up a new kind of topic discussion that we probably should have started with. And what is the goal of your branding? Is your goal absolutely. to become a worldwide or world-renowned speaker, writer, influence within the space? Or are you just basically looking to influence those within your personal um, sphere of, of influence, like at work. And I do remember Nate, when we worked together at 97th Floor, he was known. He he probably had the strongest personal brand within the company as the data guy, right? He was the, the back-end solutions guy. If you had a problem with anything technical, he was the guy that you went to. You got, I mean, anyone disagree with that? Yeah, definitely had that image, the company. So if that was his goal specifically, and his goal was to specifically personal brand himself as that guy, then he was probably more successful than yeah. most people. I mean, I think if we're, we've been operating in this conversation under some assumptions, which is that if you own a, a, a business or if you work at a business, your goal is to grow, not necessarily maintain what you've been doing. Uh, Kevin Kelly at KK.org wrote a pretty cool article about a thousand true fans. It's more geared towards like artists and uh, like if you're a musician or if you're a photographer, you can basically 
provide for yourself if you just have 1,000 true fans, which are people that follow everything you do and buy everything you produce. You, and you don't need to worry about building past that. Um, it kind of gives you a good goal to, to go after. Now, uh, if your goal is to build a business that's more of a lifestyle business and you're just trying to fund your lifestyle, you're not interested in growing a multimillion dollar business or, or you're just in a career and all you want is just consistent employment, you don't really care too much about huge growth, maybe a little bit, but not too much, then I think going after that, those thousand true fans is basically meaning do really good work and be really personal, but then don't worry about your marketing beyond that. And I think that's fine. If you have a business so that you really want to grow or you're looking to really expand your sphere of influence, then you have to build your personal brand. And nice and floor, we have invested in the past nothing in our own marketing. We've been able to grow pretty well just by doing really great work. But you've also had like like Chris Bennett out speaking, exactly. right? Yeah, speaking and that's huge up as a founder, which is huge, Definitely. which is huge personal branding, but also phenomenal branding for ninety seven floor because he was just presenting your client testimonials, sure. right, yep. and showing examples of the work that you're able to do. Exactly. So it is personal branding, but it's primarily primarily to drive the business forward. Yep. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And and to be honest, like I would like us to grow even faster. And to do that, we need to invest more in branding our business and having people at Nice and Floor build their own personal brand. So you're brand. saying the build it as, as you were saying, the build it as you come model is kind of a bootstrapped approach to building your business. And then when you want to accelerate, then you're saying you need to start investing into personal branding and marketing yourself. Is that well, kind not of- even necessarily. So my business, I really doubled down on about four and a half months ago. I've, you know, been blogging and, and, you know, kind of getting a little bit known in the internet marketing space, in the digital marketing space since 2011, early 2011. So for like five years, right. And the reason why I, my business was able to, when I really started doubling down on it to really get it to a point where it does, you know, decent revenue and, you know, is, is actually starting to build a brand is all off of my own personal brand at this point. And then the challenge becomes, how do I take it beyond just my personal brand and turn it into something bigger where people coming don't know, they have no idea what my name is, but they know that my business can solve their problems, right? And it's not just me doing it. I can help accelerate it a bit through my own network, but it's not just going to grow because of my own network, if that makes sense. Sure. No, that does make sense. And and yours is a, is a different situation because you're building a platform right. that connects consultants to potential employers. And so, for example, if, if you were to compare it to 97th floor, it's a little different than that. You, you have the platform that exists already. Right. So even even if you were to say you step back from everything that you're doing, your platform still functions. It still performs. Definitely. And you might not get more people into it, but depending on your organic exposure, you might still be able to feed that funnel into it. But with the, with 97th floor and having core clients, either your word of mouth or your your for marketing. And so that has to you have to feed the engine somehow. So I understand, I understand the platform. The platform play is very different than the than the, the agency sure. play. It's Service. different than, for example, the, the, the map art play that I get to do. And it, it really, I, I like your point initially, Paxton, where it was, what is the end goal? Because for an executive, absolutely. I mean, I spend a lot of time building up that image for the executives that I work for. And that is part of the organic play that we're doing. Sure. And part of it that we haven't gotten into yet is what, like, what does your business do and what's the model of it? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think what you brought up just like, is it a, you know, is it a software platform? Is it services? Is it education? Like, what is it? And I think those different business models are going to have, you know, different requirements or, or personal branding is going to be more or less effective or, you know, other like traditional marketing is be more or less effective. Right. Just like Definitely. certain things you do for B2C brands is gonna, aren't going to work, isn't going to work nearly as well for B2B. Right. Same, same sort of thing there. So it's all in, as we said, what's your goal? Definitely. 
So let me take this in a slightly different direction. I want to kind of do a roundtable quick Q&A session here. There are, we've kind of been focusing ma mainly on people who are using their personal branding in order to propel their business forward, and I want to detach the two. I want to talk about the people who are at a company that they're not necessarily passionate about, and, and they want to basically propel themselves and, uh, and, and prep their resume or whatever it is in order to get a better job, to get more money, to get more prestige. So uh, the question is, if you were in that position or when you were in that position, what is step one? What do you do first to, to put yourself into a place where you can propel yourself forward, Pax? To be honest, I'm an amateur at this. Uh, I've been in the industry for probably about five or six years now, and I have zero personal brand. So what I'm telling you is what I would recommend to somebody with no experience. So let me stop you right there because I already disagree with you in that you may have some of them out of the five of us sitting here, you might not have the most personal branding experience, but you're definitely not at the bottom. Someone who travels to Milan in order to, to speak at uh, SMX has a lot more personal branding experience than most people. Well, okay. I guess what I would say, it, number one is be helpful. So address needs. I recently read, uh, I've been trying to study more about like writing and, and becoming a better writer. And the, the most uh, often uh, consistent tip that I run across is care genuinely about your audience. And uh, that will come across in your writing. And I assume in, as you're building your brand, people are able to tell if you're just self-interested in trying to build it for yourself or if you're genuinely trying to help people by spreading knowledge and uh, assisting people in their needs. So I guess that would be number one is find some need and address it. So you also mentioned being authentic, which coincidentally, I have an article up right now that's on entrepreneur.com and their step one is understand and be your authentic self. So congratulations. You are as you are, you are a self described amateur yet you hit it uh, uh, spot on. I'm not saying necessarily that there are, are not multiple uh, first steps, but Brandon, what, what would you do personally as a first step to propel yourself in the digital marketing industry? Uh, I would say one of the big things is just as far as a starting point, you have to believe in yourself. You have to have confidence uh, that you are good at what you do. And I would say most people don't believe that they are good at what they do when you really study the you know psychology and just how people think of themselves. And some companies are better than others at telling their employees that like, you know, you are good. Like a lot of the people out there, they're fluff and whatnot. You do good work. And if, and if you don't feel adequate, be the best at what you do. And we're not just talking about digital marketing here. If you sell socks online, be like the most knowledgeable person when it comes to socks and then start contributing to that industry. In our case, it's uh, digital marketing. So one thing I was, I mean, an easy place to start is getting on popular communities like inbound.org. I mean, it's other marketers uh, out there. So you may or may not get clients depending on what your uh, industry is in. But I remember one specific experience. I was brand new at 97th floor, probably been there for uh, maybe a year if that, and I had a client mention on the phone call, like, Hey, I just, I was on, I, I didn't know you were on inbound. I saw that you were one of the top members. Cause I, at the time they had a little box that like featured and I had a lot of karma at the time and it was funny. <laughs> yeah. We remember we were very, <laughs> aren't you in, still in the top 50? Barely. Yeah. I just yeah. checked the other day. I'm number, like number 50. 40. Yeah. I'm, I'm at number 50 now. I think I'm, you're right I'm, at the I'm hanging on. So, uh, I'm trying to get more active. It's been a while, but his tone really changed. It was interesting where 
even though he respected the 97th floor name, he respected me a little bit more simply because he saw my name out there naturally. And then it just gave him a little bit more trust. So now when I recommended or when I would recommend things to him, he would not question it as much. He'd be like, okay, yeah, you must know what you're talking about. And that's just how we are when we, when we naturally find people, we just assume that they must know what they're talking about. So I would say the first steps to cut it short is just get active, whether it's on Quora, Inbound, whatever your industry is, find out where those people are hanging out and just start contributing. That's awesome. So John, step one, what do you think? My dovetails a little bit on Brandon's where I would say the first thing to do is start teaching what you know. Start and, and beyond that, I firmly believe that the best way to learn something is to teach what you just learned yourself uh, because that cements it in your own in your own mind, right? So, I, And I don't care how you're teaching. You can, do, you can do your own podcast, right? You can blog. You can do it on social media. Um, doing all of these together is you know, a good way to, to kind of cover all of them. And, but do whichever one comes naturally to you. For example, I'm, I've always been a writer. I love to write. So I started off blogging. And teaching people what I knew and giving away spreadsheets that I was creating and that sort of thing. And that really helped cement my name, you know, in people's minds as someone that, you know, knows Excel really well or, or something like that. So, you know, and that was just me teaching people stuff that I literally learned like that week. So start teaching people what you know. And, and even beyond that, start teaching people stuff that you just learned. Because if you just learned it, there's definitely someone else out there, probably more like five, ten or more people that don't know it either. And you're going to help them out right at that moment. So how do you get past that feeling? Uh, This is something I've experienced. I'm sure lots of people experience uh, the feeling of like, well, what do I know? Like, who am I to tell people what to do? You know, like, who am I to uh, be the teacher in the situation when you feel you may feel like you're the novice? I'm the wrong person to ask about that because I've always been kind of arrogant. (laughs) I was just just thinking kind of the opposite that you don't have to be an expert. This is like basic stuff. Totally. You just learn this. You pass it to them, and just because they learn it a week later, I get, I, and yeah, I started blogging about SEO five months after I started my first SEO job. I, I guess nice. my feeling is like what what I have to talk about. I feel like oh, this is obvious, like this is easy stuff. So there's no point in me adding to the clutter of the internet by writing an article about this thing that I feel like is easy, even though like some someone out there may find it helpful. Like I just have the problem, you know, writing something that I feel like is not going to be helpful to everybody. Well, I bet a lot of people have that same problem, right? But it's, uh, you're looking for that validation in others. So hopefully if someone listening is like, Oh, I thought about that, but that isn't, I thought that it would be harder than that. So now they start with the blogging or they start with the, you know, the, the social where they are just interacting with people, they find what they're passionate about and they go out and share and create value. You answer the questions that people are coming with. So Nate, I, from Nate, yeah, Nate. Uh, first step, what would you do uh, so, in personal uh, I, branding? I'm, I'm going to echo and build off of uh, off of John's suggestion. Where if you have learned something, so, so the best signal that you actually understand something is that you can teach someone. I mean, that's the best metric that I've ever seen. And so I, my suggestion is you hone your skills, because as you hone your skills, you're going to be a better problem solver. You're going to build that confidence. You're going to be able to take part in the community that builds your brand, and. I, I very much believe that there is something that I can learn from absolutely every person on this planet. I, they are smarter than me at something. And I absolutely know that it's, it's kind of my job to see what that is and what I can learn from them. Yeah, sometimes it's hard, right, to find that one thing that someone can teach you? <laughs> I don't mean it like that. I mean that if you look at everyone and say all the information is out there, just like people look at, look at the world and say there's no possible new business ideas that we can do. It, it's a... It's such a pessimistic, 
fatalist attitude that I despise it. I like the idea that, I can't remember who the, who the quote's attributed to, but he looks at every single person and wants to know what he can learn from that person. It's absolute humility. Yeah. So your homework is to find out who said that. Good idea. So the one thing I would suggest— And uh, then teach us. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah yes. and then come back to us. Uh, also, tell me—make uh, a list of all the things that you've learned from me. That would be helpful. Uh, so real quick, my, my first step—so as an example, my wife, she is a psychotherapist, and she's, um, she just got a new, a new job recently where she is kind of—she works for a company, but she's expected to do her own— personal marketing to kind of bring in her own clients. I mean, they, they kind of provide some clients, but the expectation is that she'll kind of provide her own. So she started her own website and that was kind of her question is I'm supposed to market myself. What do I do? And the answer was just start blogging, start writing specifically to your audience and be authentic. Right? So coming back to Paxton's point, there's a little bit of everyone, um, everyone's points in this, but you be authentic and you create your own persona because there are plenty of people out there who would love you for who you are. You don't, you don't need to try to write in a way that you think people would like. You just write how you normally would write. You be authentic and you write about the things that you're an expert in, right? So she has the training to be a psychotherapist and she's, I mean, she has a niche, which is another, uh, I think that kind of goes back a little bit to what Brandon was talking about is find, find a niche, right? Don't, don't try to be this jack of all trades, Obviously, digital marketing can be applied to any industry, and I'm sure we have a good sample of different types of industries of those listening. Find a specific niche. So my wife's niche is not psychotherapy. It's uh, faith transition and uh, postpartum depression, right? So those are those specific subcategories within the psychotherapy um, category. And that is where she can make her mark, especially in she's not on a national scale, right? She just has to make her personal branding the mark specifically on a local scale. So kind of touching on, uh, I think there's kind of been a simple uh, theme among us all. The very simplest thing you can do is share your own experiences in an authentic way. Sure. Yeah. It's a great way to put it. Something I'm interested in, um, John, what have been some of the benefits that you've gotten out of building your personal brand? Wow. There are, there are so many. I think, I think the biggest one is just the, the number of amazing people that I've gotten to meet and work with and consider friends. You know, I, I've been very fortunate to, um, you know, be connected with a lot of the, the very influential people, like, all, you know, all the people we've been talking about today, like I consider them friends. Um, and, and that's been the, like the coolest thing for me, you know, where I'm not just like talking about like, you know, Rand, the founder of Moz, who speaks at all these conferences, right? I'm talking about Rand, my friend, um, you know, who I'm excited to tell him, Paxton, I'm excited to speak at the same conference as Rand in Istanbul this fall and hang out with him and Geraldine, you know, and, and my wife in Istanbul for a couple of days and Will Reynolds is going to be there. Like, that's been the coolest thing for me, just the the worlds that it's opened up to me, you know, and, and beyond that, I mean, there are all the, there are all the business things, right? There's the, there's the speaking gigs and, you know, I can, I, I got laid off from my job back in September and, uh, and I was able to spin up a consulting practice in literally a month. And in two months' time, I made half of what I would have made at my old job. Um, in, in, a, in a full year, I made that in two months consulting, right? So, like, it's afforded me those sorts of things, and it's been, it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I feel very, very blessed and lucky in that. But the, the coolest thing has been just the, the people that you get to meet and the opportunities that open up because of it that you don't even, you don't even see. 
So, but but I think um, I think the point earlier that Jacob made about you know starting with something specific, I, I do believe that's absolutely the way to go, right? When you're when you're starting out, you know, don't try to be a generalist. Don't just try to be a digital marketer. Get really good at one thing, um, and then and then branch out from there, right? I started off with SEO, and be, and more than that, I started off with technical SEO because I had a web developer background. So I started off with technical SEO, and then you know, and then kind of layered on link building and layered on you know content marketing and content production. You know, and then it's kind of gone into all the other inbound channels, right? So I very much consider myself a generalist, but started with that one, you know, that one thing, and and that that really helps you out there. Would you still consider technical SEO your baby? Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. It's, he, it's super fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's very passionate about his technical. Developing yeah. background, and I decide, okay, marketing is actually more fun. I can I can have more fun with this. Totally. One of the biggest values I see that personal brands have is that it travels with you. Uh, and that's not the case with, you know, m- building up a certain company or whatnot. So, I mean, take John, for example. I've been following John, I don't know, since 2012, probably on uh, several social networks. And you mentioned at the beginning, like, you know, there's a lot of people who don't have 100,000 followers, but they still have a really good personal brand. So I really love like the technical uh, SEO stuff that he would share. It wasn't fluffy. It actually had good meat. And as he's traveled from, you know, distilled uh, hot pads, for example, I've never even heard of hot pads, but I found out about it through John. So that had value to that company because someone who has some influence traveled with, I mean, you look, you look at an extreme example, 97th floor, for example, could hire Gary Vaynerchuk, pay him a salary of a hundred thousand dollars a year, and he could do nothing. And he would pay for himself just because of the personal brand. So the little guy that's listening to this, that's not an owner, that's not a director. There is value in building up your personal brand because that could equal promotions. It could have other companies discover you and offer you an even better job. And that just continues to build and grow ultimately to back to John. I mean, there was a blog post that he just wrote recently about that experience of uh, getting laid off, uh, doubling his salary. And I believe a big part of that, and I'm sure maybe you would agree that per- your personal brand had a big part in making that jump to entrepreneurship totally. because you had an audience to market to. 100%. And people that don't have the audience that may lose their job, it's like, well, crap. Now I've start- I'm essentially starting from scratch because even though I know what I'm doing, a lot of people don't know that I know what I'm doing. So your personal brand has so many benefits that you don't have to own a business or be a director to start focusing or at least uh, working on your personal brand. Yeah, I have a question for you on that, Brandon. So you did mention some ways that an employee having a good personal brand can help the business in the sense like Hot Pads was helped because John has such a good personal brand. That said, though, as the owner of a business, do you you do you employ anyone right now or do you, just, you have interns, right? Yeah, other than interns and no one. So um, let's just say interns or let's just say imaginary you have a full-time employee. How much time do you feel that employee should be allocating to building their personal brand and how much time do you feel like they should be allocating to building your business? So a good, the good news is, is I believe that a lot of things go hand in hand. So I'm a big believer that employees should always be learning. So there should always be time where they're researching, discovering new things, testing ideas. And I think a lot of that learning can happen just when you're writing blog posts. John mentioned early on that you know, I think it was five months after your, your first uh, job, you just started blogging. And I remember I was doing the same thing at 97th floor. I, I bought uh, a domain, just started blogging my thoughts. I look back on it now and I kind of laugh, but I learned through those experiences uh, because I was able to kind of test myself and uh, have to kind of fact check things and really 
think things out before I wrote and published. And in turn, I would, you know, get some followers, get some interaction on social. So I think a lot of it uh, can go hand in hand. What I don't like to see is there are a handful of people who are well known in the SEO industry. They're very quote unquote influential. But when you really dig into what they've done, you realize that they spend, you know, 95% of their day just hanging out on forums and, uh, you know, spinning up these basic blog posts and they have thousands and thousands of followers, but they don't really know what they're talking about when you just look at the work, like they have no execution. So fortunately, I I wouldn't say that that should be like your full-time job, but I firmly believe that as you learn and you share, the audience just kind of naturally grows from that. So Brandon, I have a question for you. If you had an employee what percentage of their time do you feel like would be appropriate to spend building their personal brand? Uh, I would say off the top of my head, I would want them to spend at least 10% of their time learning. So combining with their learning and maybe a little bit extra time, put, you know, pushing that out there and promoting it, maybe 15% uh, of their time. I mean, it's tough. It really depends on sure. the job and whatnot. But it's definitely not a majority. I want them to do the job they were hired to do. But as they do good work, it makes their personal branding a lot easier well, personal branding, no one ever said that it has to be done at work. Sure. Yeah. Right? yeah right. A lot of Definitely. mine was done on my yeah. own time. All of mine was done in the evenings. Yeah. That's a good question. That's a good point to bring up, I suppose. Yeah. yeah I, maybe outside. And those are the your good work ones. doesn't stop from your eight to your. Yeah. Your the guys that are influential are the ones that have passion. And the ones that have passion, yep. five o'clock hits work, and yeah. they're still working well, because like, they love what they do. Yeah. Brandon, as an employer, any employer, it's not his responsibility to build up his employee's personal brand, right? Sure. It's, it's their own. But through the education, right, and I, and I agree with you that uh, some of their time should be spent learning because that time spent learning helps your business, right? They can progress. They can take those new ideas and implement them, execute them, as you had mentioned. But uh, any personal branding can be done through those channels of learning, right? They go to inbound.org to, to find topics or learn, and then they can contribute, uh, which helps their, their personal brand. Uh, but, yeah, to come yeah, back really- to the original point. There's, it's not Brandon's responsibility to brand his employees. Absolutely. I, I really love the point about learning instead of branding. Um, I think that's actually a great way to think about it, at least when, when someone is really starting off. And even even you know when you reach a certain level of being known, it's the same way. If you stop learning, you stop being relevant because our industry moves so fast. Uh, I remember when I started at Distilled, we were basically encouraged to be, you know, to, to market ourselves, right? To build a name for ourselves, to be blogging, et cetera. Everyone, all the consultants that still had to blog, we had a, a content calendar and basically like once a month, when I started, it was like once a month. And then once the company grew, it was like once every two months or every three months, you know, and, and everyone did it and everyone was kind of forced to like get out there and get their thoughts out there. And we had the great opportunity to be posting on Moz, like to still post on Moz every Monday. And, you know, I got to write on Moz a lot and everyone got to write on Moz uh, quite a bit, which, you know, helped out Distilled a ton. But I remember uh, Tom Critchlow, um, who was my boss at Distilled when I first started there is one of my, you know, one of my very best friends. He, you know, I remember he would encourage, you know, encourage us to blog. And I think I was the only one out of the the five of us that started in that office that actually like went and did that. But I'm by no means like the most successful person from, you know, from that group. Right. That's the way I chose to do it. But then like you look at Stephanie Chang, incredibly smart marketer. Right. She's she's awesome. She was at Distilled for about four years. And now she's basically the director of acquisition, the head of acquisition at Etsy. Um, and Etsy was like, according to, to some like, I think it was like search metrics or Citrix or someone like that. Etsy was like one of their top 10, like fastest growing uh, organic brands in the United States in the last year. Right. Absolutely killed it there. 
um, you know, and and she's always wanted to do, you know, something like that, right? Be like a, you know, director of acquisition, VP of acquisition at a brand like that. And so what she needed to do was do phenomenal work on the enterprise scale and, you know, meet a couple people that she knew could help her, uh, you know, down the road, become become friends with them, genuinely, genuinely help them. And then eventually that would lead her to where she wanted to go, right? She doesn't necessarily want to be a CEO or something like that, you know, like like maybe I did or, or something like that, you know, but that that's how she went about in her own way building her own personal brand, continuing to learn and being, you know, very pointed in where she wanted to go and what was not going to get her there, you know, AKA blogging twice a week on her own personal site. Like I did for three years, right. Very different paths. Um, neither one right or wrong, just different goals. So it becomes knowledge is the ammunition, the best ammunition for propelling your personal brand. It's, I mean, we had a conversation a few weeks ago about thought leadership and I think it ties in pretty well with this. The, 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 the topic was, do we take these, Thought leadership blog posts, do we share them with third party sites or do we put them on our own on our own sites? And, and you know, everyone can go back and listen to that episode to kind of find out what, what we what we figured out or, or decided upon or didn't decide upon. But uh, but it comes back to knowledge. So the more time that we spend learning gives us more power when it, when the time comes that uh, the questions are being asked. Yeah, and you can't you can't be a thought leader unless you know what the current thoughts are and how you, you know you think they should change. So that's that's all about knowledge right there. And anyone that tries to be a thought leader before they have that just ends up sounding stupid. Yeah, I, I know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a really great time to transition into our other segment. So we're going to highlight a specific marketer this week. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to Paxton, and he's going to share his marketer of this week and some accomplishment that that marketer as shown. Go ahead, Pax. So the marketer that I wanted to highlight this week is not a uh, smaller, lesser known marketer, which I think we are going to kind of prefer to use in in these uh, segments. But I really wanted to highlight this marketer because of something that uh, he shared at Search Love Boston 2015. So Larry Kim, his uh, presentation titled Mad Science of PPC Marketing for Inbound Marketers. So I realize this is an older presentation, but whatever. I, I just recently had the opportunity to watch it, and uh, it's genius. Uh, he has such a, a really amazing kind of hack of how to use paid social to amplify content that's already kind of indicated it's going to do well. And then you just use a very small amount of budget to boost it. And because of the way uh, Facebook's uh, organic algorithm works, if that boost uh, is successful it will continue and kind of propel itself naturally. Uh, so he shows how he gets hundreds of thousands of extra visits or, or likes or shares from just 50 bucks. So amazing presentation. I highly recommend that uh, marketers uh, look at it. It doesn't matter if you're just into PPC. Uh, if you're into content marketing and SEO, uh, you have to watch this. I'm sure he's come out with something awesome since last year, but congratulations, Larry Kim, on being this week's Marketer of the Week. Okay, so we're running out of time. We're going to enter into our last segment, which is last word. 60 seconds of uninterrupted time to say whatever you want. We'll go ahead and start with Paxton. Yeah, I think uh, building a personal brand is something that not just every marketer, but every person should be doing to some degree. I think that there are so many valuable uh, benefits that we haven't even touched on in this episode, but it's definitely worth the time it takes to share your knowledge, help other people solve their problems, and be seen as a thought leader in your industry. Cool. Thank you. Brandon, go ahead. Uh, we've all heard the phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I think there's a lot of truth in that, uh, whether it's you know getting a promotion or uh, getting on at a new company 
starting a company and uh, grabbing clients, there's big value in getting to know people. I myself, I've always been and still consider myself uh, very much like an introvert. I'm not big on networking and, uh, you know, face-to-face interaction and stuff like that. But starting my own company has really forced me to do that. And as I've pushed myself to go to networking events and, uh, you know, share my knowledge with people and speak or whatever it is, it not only has strengthened my own understanding, but I've been able to increase sales and whatnot, get to know people. And even if it's not a customer, it's someone I can turn to for help. Like, hey, I'm really struggling with this AdWords campaign or I need help negotiating a lease. And I know that you know how to do that kind of stuff. Like there's so many benefits to just getting yourself out there and you get to meet some really amazing people in it. It's always a benefit. That's awesome. Uh, And something that we didn't really talk that much about is that it's not always about what you say or what you talk about, but who's talking about you. Yeah, big time. Nate? So my biggest takeaway has, it's actually been pretty enlightening to me. And it's funny that uh, what I say sounds so elemental now that I think about it, but I have come to realize that personal branding allows you to build professional connections above and beyond what you could have built by just doing a, a job just doing your job really well. Even if you're doing your, an amazing job, you, you take personal connections with you. For example, when, when you leave one company and go to another, you still left those connections, and that's a, somewhat of a small personal brand. But anything you do past that with people that you don't immediately work with, it, adds actually, it can add a lot of value. And it, it just seems so elemental now that I think about it. Thank you. I'll take my last word, and then I'll pass it off to John to, to kind of close up shop. I want to emphasize... Uh, specifically the portion of the show where we talked about being a student of your industry. Become an expert in in something that you're passionate about. And that alone will put you ahead of more than 90% of other folks who are trying to do the exact same thing as you. That one tip, picking something, one thing, one niche, and becoming expert at that, and then continuing to be a student in your industry will put you ahead of most people. John, what do you got? My advice is very close to yours, Jacob. My advice is to follow your passion wherever it might lead you. You know, as we grow, as you go through our careers, right, where your passion is when you start off, for example, in digital marketing, it might be in technical SEO, might be in link building, but then your passions are going to change. They may change as you get older, right, as you progress in your career and the things you want to do are going to change and always be willing to follow that. You're going to, and that'll make you constantly learn. Um, It'll keep you constantly moving forward. Um, you know, it'll keep you from getting bored. I think probably a lot of us here get get bored uh, from time to time with what we're doing, um, you know, and finding those things that make you passionate again, because um, it's the passion that really shows through, right? The the people that we've talked about today, you know, the Rand Fishkins and the Will Reynolds, et cetera, they're passionate about what they do and they're passionate about sharing it. And they're also passionate about other things, right? Will's passionate about charity. Rand's passionate about transparency. All of us have things that we're passionate about, you know, outside of even just our own industry. And those are what really, I think, set uh, people who really know what they're doing and are willing to talk about it from the people that have really gone on and built like a very strong personal brand. It's not just what they're doing. It's also who they are. That's a really great example. And to kind of close with this last thing, I have a friend who uh, he's a PhD in um, in cancer biology. So Dr. Matt Terry. And just recently within the last few weeks, he he's starting to kind of make a transition and he may have found a greater passion in digital marketing. And he's looking at maybe transitioning his career from cancer biology to digital marketing, which is just goes exactly along the lines of what you're talking about. 
is follow your passion wherever it takes you. So thank you very much for for that last thought. So that's all the time we have. Uh, If you want to reach out to us, we highly encourage that. Uh, Submit any topic ideas, questions, comments. Let us know what segments you'd like us to include or exclude. You can reach us at inbound at belowthefold.io. 